like us to turn our attention this morning to Genesis chapter 1. This morning, I'm going to preach about nothing. Now, Brother D, some would say that I do that all the time. I'm going to preach about nothing, but what I'm really going to preach about is the power of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, reads this way. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Let's read it again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God is still moving today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the worship that's already gone forth. Thank you for this praise team that's led us into your presence. Lord, I pray that while we enter into your presence this Sunday morning, that your word would go forth with the boldness and authority and unction and power. Lord, that you would help us to have ears to hear what you would say to the church. Lord, help us, God, to respond accordingly. Help us to respond in the spirit. Help us to walk in the spirit today. Lord, help us to be built up and to be edified. And more than anything, Lord, when we leave the building today and we go our separate ways, Lord, help us to be equipped. Help us to be powerful. Lord, help us to be more like you, Lord. Whatever it takes for that to happen, Lord, I pray that it would transpire over these next few moments. Lord, we surrender it to you in the name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the beginning, God took nothing and he created everything. And I would put this forward to you on this Sunday morning that God's favorite ingredient is nothing. God enjoys and delights in working with nothing. It's the first ingredient that we ever read of God ever using. God took nothing and he created everything. It's God's favorite raw ingredient to work with. God loves working with nothing because it it is the ingredient that allows him to have the most potential. God loves working with nothing Because man cannot receive the glory for what God does with nothing. God loves working with nothing because it is the safest ingredient that he can use in your life to work with. Because there is no danger of pride or ambition or haughtiness when God takes the nothing, the void in your life, and does something incredible with it. It's God's favorite ingredient to use. Maybe... You feel this morning that you have nothing to offer God. God, I've got nothing to add to the kingdom. I've got nothing that makes me worthy. I've got nothing that qualifies me to be in a relationship with you. I've got nothing that entitles or qualifies me to even be a member of a church. But I would say to you this morning that it's time that God's people got back to nothing. Because in God's hands, nothing is the most powerful substance in the universe. 
I'm here to preach to you on this Sunday morning that if you've got nothing to offer God, then you are the perfect candidate for the miraculous. You are the perfect candidate for the Spirit of God to move over your life and fill you with God's Spirit. If you came into the house of God with nothing to offer Him, you are the perfect candidate for God to do something with this morning. God desires to do a work in your life today. He wants to love you. He wants to shape your life. He wants to take the void and the nothingness and the emptiness and the brokenness of your life. And he wants to transform that nothingness. He wants to take it and he wants to make much of it today. Nothing makes you the perfect candidate for a miracle. But it can only take place when you put it in God's hands. Now, what's so powerful about that first chapter of the Bible is that we weren't there. (laughs) There was just nothing. There was nothing to restrain God from interacting with nothing. But from that point forward, we entered the picture, didn't we? And now all of a sudden, we stand between God and his favorite ingredient, his favorite material. And we bind up the access that God has to that thing that he can do the most with. But whenever somebody in the pages of Scripture, now we're going to look at an example right now in 2 Kings. Whenever somebody gives God access to that thing that he enjoys working with the most, that is when we see the most powerful, miraculous things happen. 2 Kings chapter 4 tells us of a story of a woman that they were in the middle of a famine and economic times were tough. And her household, her family was just on the verge, on the brink of just losing it all. Starvation. The scriptures read and say that a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to the prophet Elisha. And she said, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what what do you want me to do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? And the woman said, your maidservant has nothing except a little bit of oil in a jar. Elisha said, go and borrow the vessels from everywhere. Get the vessels and the containers from your neighbor's house, everywhere that you can get them from. And don't gather just a few of them, but gather as many of them as you can possibly get. And Elisha said that when you have come in, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into those vessels out of the little bit of oil that you do have. Pour it out into these larger vessels, every vessel you can get your hands on. And he began to do it, and she began to perform the miracle. And she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And her son said to her, there aren't any more vessels. We filled all of them, and the oil ceased to flow. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay off all of your debts and then live on the rest. When this woman was willing to get out of the way and let God have access to what he wanted to begin to work with in her life, God was able to perform a miracle that didn't just 
didn't just take care of her immediate problem, but it took care of her future as well. God has things he wants to do in your life in the present tense right now on a Sunday morning. But I want to tell somebody that it's not even just restricted to right now. If you'll step out of the way and you'll realize that there is something, a part of your life that God wants access to, he will deal with your present and he will deal with your future and he'll do it all in a moment of the miraculous. God loves to work with nothing. And as much of your nothing as you are willing to present to God, He'll do something with. His level of outpouring in your life will only match your level of availability and your level of surrender to Him. We all come to God. With nothing. And if you don't believe that, you just need to get over it. You need to have a reality check. Because I don't care what station of life that you find yourself in right now. We all come to God. Every time we come to God, we come to Him with nothing. You need to get a hold of that this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, a letter wrote to the church. Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, he said. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That same Spirit that hovered over the top of the water in Genesis chapter 1 and addressed the void that was present in the earth. That same Spirit is hovering over the people of God right now. And God is still saying to the church, such were some of you, but you've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified by the power of God and by the Spirit of God at work in your life. We all come to God with nothing. Nothing makes us deserving of His grace. Nothing makes us, nothing qualifies us to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost except for your availability, except for the nothing in your life that you're willing to put into the hands of God. And when you put it into the hands of God, He can do something with it. Again, you may be looking at your life this morning and you may be saying, God, how could you want this? How could you want this mess? I'm a walking disaster. <laughs> Why would you possibly want this? What could you possibly do with this? But if you'll give God access to the little bit or the nothing that you have, then God will answer all of the questions of how he's going to do it and why he wants to do it and what he wants to do and where and when and who. God will answer all of those questions in your nothing if you will just begin to give him access to it today. God sees something in you that he wants to use today. He sees something in you that he wants to love and he wants to shape and he wants to mold and love and take care of. God, in Genesis, performed this miraculous work of creation. And he did it when he addressed nothing just by the power of his word. 
Someone needs to let God's voice perform a creative work in their life this morning. You need to let your faith work for a little while and see what God will do. If you have the faith this morning to believe the first two verses of the Bible that we read together, then you have the faith to believe that God can do it in your life. If you believe everything around here came from the hand of God and was done by the word of his power, then you have the faith to believe that he can do it in your life. And you need to summon that faith. I know sometimes it's easier to believe that God spoke into the void and created everything out of nothing because, again, that doesn't involve you personally. But if you can summon the faith on this Sunday morning, that same faith that believes that God's voice can speak into that void and create something and create everything that we need, if you can summon the faith to apply that to your life today, there is no limit to what God can do in your life. Your weakness is God's favorite ingredient. Your disappointment is God's favorite ingredient. That emptiness and that brokenness in your life that you feel like is of no value to God. You just see a hole in the ground. But God sees the Grand Canyon. God sees something that he can turn into something that's beautiful. He can do something miraculous with it. The scriptures say in Paul's letter to the Romans that all things work together for good to those who love God. The spirit moved on the face of the waters. That same spirit that moved on the face of the waters is calling this morning. Maybe you felt it this week. And I ask you this morning, will you make yourself available Will you present yourself? This is very simple. Will you present yourself to God and say, God, I'm a mess. I've got parts of my life that I don't know how to begin to address on my own. Will you yield yourself to God this morning? Will you say it like the psalmist did in Psalm 51? My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. I want to give you assurance today and comfort you and let you know that God is not going to reject your nothing. You may feel like it's embarrassing. You may feel shame or guilt or whatever emotion you have that's attached to that void in that place. But God is desiring to work in that place and God is not going to reject it. It is his absolute favorite material to work with. It is the thing that has the most potential and he wants access to it in your life. There's a story in the Gospel of John, a familiar one, where Jesus is teaching great multitudes. And John chapter 6 says that a great multitude followed Jesus because they saw the signs that he did. And Jesus went up on the mountain and he sat down with his disciples and at the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near and Jesus lifted up his eyes and he saw a great multitude coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that they may eat? And he said this to test him because he already knew what he was going to do. Let me just stop and say this morning that God already knows what he wants to do. 
with that void and that nothing in your life. He already has a plan for it. You may look at it and say, there's no potential here. There's nothing that can happen here. I don't know what you could possibly perform and what you could possibly make out of this, God. But God already has a plan. God already has an idea. He said this to test Philip because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, Jesus said, 200 denarii worth of bread isn't even sufficient for them, and every one of them may have a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? In essence, what he was saying, what Andrew was saying was, Lord, here's what I found, here's what I've got, but it's nothing. There's a multitude here. It's nothing. Jesus said, make the people sit down. And there was a lot of grass in that place, and the people sat down, and and just the men numbered about 5,000 people. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had said thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples were sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as the people wanted. And when they were filled, when the multitude had eaten everything that they could eat, Jesus said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And when they had gathered them up, there were 12 baskets full left of the fragments from those five barley loaves and those two fishes. God's favorite ingredient is nothing. He's looking for yours. Andrew said, there's a lad here. There's a young man here that's willing to offer up his nothing to God. We don't even know the young man's name. It's not recorded to us in the pages of Scripture. But we know him as the one who offered God nothing, next to nothing. And Jesus was able to perform one of his most miraculous and one of his most noteworthy and famous miracles. When you take your seemingly insignificant contribution and you place it into the hands of God, I'm not just preaching about nothing this morning, but I'm preaching about the power of God. And when you take what looks to be nothing, when you take what looks in human eyes and maybe even in your own reckoning to be insignificant, to be unworkable, to be something that is of no value, when you take that and you put it into the hands of God, God can take that nothing and he can feed a multitude. I want to point out to you this morning that the first story I shared with you about the woman with the oil and how the oil multiplied and nothing became more than they needed. It affected her household. It affected her present, her future, but it affected her and her two sons immediately. But it really didn't have any great deal of effect on anybody else. And sometimes that's the way nothing will work. Sometimes when we let God in and we let him begin to minister to us, he wants to do a work directly for you. He wants to do a work directly for you and for your household and those that are immediately connected to you. But other times, God is reaching and waiting for your nothing so that he can do something that goes beyond just you. And this young lad offered up what he had, and he was able to eat, and the thousands of people that were with him that day on that mountainside were ministered to because he took what he had and he placed it into the hands of God. I want somebody here this morning to realize the potential that exists in that void in your life. You may have written it off. You may have decided it wasn't worth it. But Jesus is waiting for you to emerge from the crowd with your little handful of what you have and to answer the call of the Spirit that is drawing you into the place where God can multiply your nothing to affect your entire community. There are some in this building right now 
child that have a place in their life that if you will surrender it to God and you will bring it to him, God wants to turn your neighborhood upside down. God wants to take your school and your campus and your entire family tree and turn it on its head. And it's not going to be just for you or just for your immediate family, but God wants to do so much more with it. And if we loved souls the way that God loved souls, that would be the single most important motivating factor to get us into the place of God that we need to be today. If we would have that recognition that God can do something beyond whatever I can even ask or think with things in my life, parts of my life that I've completely written off. You don't know who it might affect when you bring your nothing to God. You don't know how far Jesus can carry the influence of one act of surrender. There might just be one altar call between you and your family member coming back to God. There might just be one step of faith, one act of you bringing God that very small portion, one step away from God unlocking revival in your neighborhood or in your workplace. God's plan to save your family might be missing just one ingredient. If the musicians come. I want to close by taking us all to one more passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 verse 1 tells us very brief story says Jesus looked up and he saw the rich people putting their gifts into the treasury in the temple and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites the footnote in your Bible if you have footnotes might tell you that these two mites are just two very small copper coins Jesus said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all of these out of their abundance have put in offerings to God. But she out of her poverty, out of her nothing, put all the livelihood she had in God's hands. If you look at it, it won't take you long to find out. You could Google it for yourself. That one mite is worth approximately five minutes of an average daily wage back in those days. So she's putting in two mites. She's putting in approximately what would amount to 10 minutes worth of work in a day. And it's all she had. Can I ask you a question this morning? We've already agreed together that we all come to God with nothing. So pride is off the table because this involves everyone. To not respond this morning would be out of order because this involves all of us. So my question would be this. Would you be willing to give God just 10 minutes and see what he'll do this morning? Can we agree that that's really not a whole lot? Even just the time factor of it is just really 
Can we just start there and see what God will do? Let's stand this morning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's spirit moved over the void that was in the earth and brought everything to be out of nothing. Every beginning that you will ever experience is going to be the result of you allowing God access to the nothing, to the void in your life. And if you need a new beginning in any part of your life, maybe the entirety of your life, you desire a new beginning. And you would like those words written in your life, in the beginning, God. You're going to have to surrender that void, that nothing. If you desire a new beginning, your beginning starts with your nothing. And when your nothing becomes God's nothing, then it can become everything that you need. Let's lift up our hands together right now, because the Holy Ghost is here. That same spirit that hovered over the face of the waters is here right now in this building. And some are going to come around the altars and some are going to kneel in their pew and others are going to walk the aisles and seek God. But I would that you would begin to move towards the place that you can go to where you can respond to the Spirit of God right now. These altars are open and some are going to come up around the front and I wish you would begin to do that right now. I wish some saints would begin to move right now and begin to come and begin to do what you've done perhaps so many times and just surrender to God. And others are going to find a place of prayer where they're seated. Some are going to stand and some are going to kneel. But whatever posture you take today, in the humility of your approach to God, there is a gift that He desires to deliver into your life. And that spirit that's hovering and moving and flowing in the house of God today. There's a gift of God's spirit that he wants every person to have. And it's a new beginning. When God moves and ministers his spirit into your life and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. God does a brand new work in your life. He begins to author a brand new story. And out of that place, out of that nothing, out of that void, that place that you've written off, God begins to bring it to life. Out of the chaos, God's beginning to bring peace. I give myself away.